everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. I'm excited to introduce Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. I was named National Teacher of the Year in 2010, and since then, I've been committed to sharing the stories and elevating the voices of the State Teachers of the Year. It is my hope that this podcast will give you insight into the incredible work they do. In these episodes, the 2020 State Teachers of the Year are navigating responding to two radical changes in our society, the COVID-19 pandemic and the heightened awareness of institutionalized racism. Through this first series, my first lesson of the year, we hope to capture the true essence of the return to school from an educator's perspective. You can join the conversation on social media by using the hashtag, hashtag ntoy20 or visiting us online at ntoy.org. That's N-T-O-Y dot O-R-G. This is Carolyn Fennessy, Press Secretary at the Council of Chief State School Officers. Welcome to KRU and thank you for joining me for this conversation today. To start, could you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hi, my name is Takeru Nagayoshi. I also go by TK. I'm the 2020 Massachusetts Teacher of the Year, and I teach English and Research at New Bedford High School in Southern Massachusetts. Excited to be here today. Great. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, could you tell me about one of your first lessons um, that you've taught so far this year? I know as we're recording this, you've only been, been back for a, a couple days. Yeah, so um, to, to give you a little context for what we're doing, we only have 30-minute lessons um, every day. Uh, and so it's really up to the teachers to decide what kind of work that they want to do. Should it be synchronous or should it be asynchronous? And um, for me, making sure that there's a really strong communication system and my norms and expectations around work uh, on both synchronous days and asynchronous days is super important. And so I've been really doing a lot of boring stuff um, just related to making sure that kids are onboarded to what the expectations with, uh, you know, engaging looks like, because, you know, those are things that we need to be explicitly taught. And so making sure that my kids are scaffolded with not just uh, the academic expectations for the year, but also just what it means to come to this space and be ready to learn. Um, I feel like it's been an interesting time to think about what my role as a teacher is and what kind of teacher that I want to be. Um, to give you a bit of context, I'm an AP teacher, and so a lot of how I've been evaluated and, and even celebrated as a teacher of the year has been around uh, the academic work that my kids do. But, you know, the coronavirus situation and the difficulty around uh, getting our students to prioritize academic for really valid reasons makes me think of, well, what are the other hats that I really need to be centering right now? And a lot of that is centering around uh, the social emotional supports that I want to be giving. And, and when I take a step back out of the academic context as an English teacher and, and think of like, well, why do we learn English and why is English something uh, that we, you know, present as a curriculum and what are the raw skills? Uh, you know, it's things like critical thinking and analyzing, self-reflection, asking questions, putting uh, our thoughts to words in a persuasive and communicative way. And when you think about it, I don't have to use the AP curriculum or analysis of iambic pentameter, for instance, mm -hmm. to get my kids to that level. 
And so I'm really starting to notice that my interaction and engagement with kids have been focused on that interpersonal communication. And one thing that's pretty cool, and it's not a scalable solution, is that, you know, instead of using the classroom and the content that I teach as the main uh, and only vehicle through which I get to those skills that I just mentioned, it's, it really comes down to the magic in between the conversations, the follow-up that I do, uh, the text messages and the calls that I have with the kids afterwards when I notice that they didn't come to a class or when I check in. And, and so, you know, it, it, it's been a really big learning experience and a pivot for me as well. But I also think one that has long-term value and implications for my teaching as a whole. Um, what strategies have you found useful to provide that, that emotional support to your students when you can't be in the same place? I, so I have 120 kids uh, in, in like widely discrepant like class numbers. So one of my classes, there's about 30 kids. Uh, and, and actually, it's really hard to remember their names and faces, especially when they can't put on their cameras. It's also really hard to make the class feel engaging. Uh, and it's also hard to make the relationship uh, that I'm building, the rapport that I'm building, not feel transactional. Mm. So um, I've made it a point for every class to have um, what I call a latch on question. And, uh, you know, I, I actually steal a lot of my engagement strategies from YouTubers uh, and streamers. Um, and uh, there, there's this one YouTuber, uh, he's a comedian, and he has this segment where he asks his followers and viewers uh, some random question that anchors the content for the next day. It's called like yesterday I asked you uh, and then he highlights really funny comments the next day. And so I've been sort of inspired by that idea and would ask some kind of latch on question that would help me um, associate a random fact uh, with my student. And so I think one of the first days I asked them like, you know, what's an underwhelming or boring fact about you? And, and that was also a prompt <laughs> that I stole. Um, for, for Twitter. And I would ask that like while the kids are coming in on our Zoom session. And, and so it serves multiple purposes, right? Um, as like attendance, uh, there's this funny engagement piece, but it also, I feel like allows me to ask questions that in a normal setting, uh, would it always find its way in, uh, you know, my pedagogy? And it gives me that random thing to like latch kid onto kids for about. And so like, you know, I'm forever going to remember for whatever reason <laughs> that Aaliyah's favorite food is the BLT sandwich and the fact that we connected over that uh, in our follow-up conversation when I noticed that she didn't come to class the next day. Um, and so, you know, you're finding those little ways of, of, of making connections as meaningful as it could be has been uh, both a challenge but a joy. Again, I defer back to like stealing a lot of strategies from YouTubers because they have really great ways of engaging with their audience and making them respond to things um, and, and, you know, uh, engaging and sharing and, and continuing on the dialogue uh, on the platform. And so even something as simple as like cold calling a student, like in class, when we, when we call on a student, like you have their attention on you. And so you make eye contact and you say, hey, Carolyn, uh, like, what did you think about X, Y, and Z? Uh, but in the Zoom session, like, it's hard to gauge where they're at. Um, you know, they might be distracted. Um, you're not really seeing their face, especially if they don't have their camera on. And so you really need to take the time to kind of make your way there um, and, and have to articulate and speak uh, really clearly. And so it might 
be like calling a shot, let's say, on uh, a cooking show on YouTube where you're saying, so what I'm going to do now is call on a random person to unmute themselves and summarize what the expectation for blah, blah, blah was. That lucky person is going to be Carolyn, do you mind blah, 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 right? And so mm-hmm. I think you know, uh, being really clear about and, and intentional about your medium and the fact that uh, traditional ways in which we engage a, a physical space doesn't translate well. And so uh, looking to other um, professionals and experts who, who already do this kind of stuff, uh, and I guess it's no secret that I really love YouTube and watch a lot of uh, YouTubers at this point, has been uh, a way that I've been kind of channeling um, a, a, a different type of teacher persona, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I think that it's so popular with your students, I'm assuming, uh-huh. that why would you not, you know, take from what, what they like when it's useful anyway? Yeah, there's, there's, there's this like language and, and engagement uh, method that I think they're more comfortable with. And so even like when I'm having a discussion um, and what's cool about, you know, virtual Zoom sessions is that we have the chat, which is also like a meta conversation. And it's hard for me to constantly uh, engage back and forth. But um, as I'm having a conversation and I know that later on there's going to be a breakout session and and then later on I might want to follow up with a student, as I'm talking, I might say, and make sure that you drop in the chat function what you thought about X, Y, Z. And again, like that sort of language and way of engaging is directly lifted from the way that streamers uh, and social media influencers talk to their audience. And I think it's, it's kind of intuitive to our kids as well. Um, and so channeling that persona, again, has been uh, a fun thing, I think. Great. Um, is there one particular um, YouTuber that you have are channeling the most, or is it sort of bits and pieces from a couple folks? Definitely, like, vloggers. Um, I, I'm also a huge fan of like video essayists uh, and uh, like gaming streamers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think there's so much that we can learn to the extent that we're on this new medium. And, and, and I've said it so many times, and I really believe in this, when it comes to uh, the pandemic that we're in, um, it's a time of a lot of innovation and creativity. And, and I see this new way of understanding platforms and, and pushing our craft. And, and I'm not saying that it's perfect or better in any way, but it's also uh, a new opportunity to explore. And also to like the point of a lot of our Zoom sessions feeling transactional, it's so easy, I think, in a grid where you see 30 faces or 30 names, um, for a kid to feel as though they're not being engaged or uh, if they're more introverted or, um, unwilling to engage to kind of check out uh, and hopefully slide through. And you don't want that um, to be the case. And so even in a typical lesson, making sure that there are, you know, a couple of chat check-ins or doing that cold call thing that I said. Uh, And obviously this is, you know, the first couple of days. And so I'm still exploring what other engagement strategies there are, but making sure that those exist, I think can make the, 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 intimacy uh, and the relationship building feel more uh, authentic. And, and, and I, I gave you that example about the random facts that I ask my students. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually save all the chat logs of my kids. Um, 
and, and what I do during my prep period is go through all of them and I send them a message of like, cool, I had no idea that you had two dogs. Make sure that you pet them for me. Or which kind of video games do you play? It's really awesome uh, that, you know, you're like an Xbox guy. I'm more of a Nintendo Switch guy. And, you know, the kids are caught off guard, I think, in some cases, because they're like, I thought he was just randomly asking this to fill time, but I'm using it as, as an intentional way to build that connection so it doesn't feel one directional. And again, there's something that I'm latching onto beyond just uh, a name or an avatar on a screen. Right. Okay. Um, so for our last question, um, what throughout this process have you learned about your students or teaching or learning or yourself um, through this process? That I think I'm learning that there's so many good ways to be a good teacher. And like as an AP teacher, you know, for better or for worse, and definitely in this context, I guess for more worse, um, we feel as though uh, the, the value that we give to our students is academic in nature. But I think I'm really broadening my understanding of even what those academic skills are like. And I had this like conversation with uh, a parent and um, she was similarly questioning aloud um, the traditional metrics where we value and recognize students, which has always been through an academic framework. And, you know, to the extent that remote learning makes it difficult um, to do that, especially in an equitable way, and to the extent that our culture um, and our country is going through uh, a reckoning around uh, social justice and, 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 and racial topics, sometimes as a teacher, and especially as an AP teacher, uh, this focus on, like, you know, Shakespearean sonnets, for instance, just doesn't feel as relevant and needed. And when I take a step back and think about, well, what is the purpose of being a good teacher, which is to make good people, you know, compassionate um, mm -hmm. humans. Uh, and, and when I take a step back and think about what's the purpose of English, uh, to make them ask good questions, to make them critical thinkers, um, to help them put words um, and thoughts into words, then I can do that outside of academic um, frameworks, right? And, and, and that can happen in those um, latch-on questions, that can happen in those one-on-one uh, -on -one calls and follow-ups that we do later on, um, and that can happen through the relationship building that I do with my kids. And um, it's been a very humbling experience and, and, and something that I, I, I hope to continue growing on. All right, well, thank you so much, TK, for sharing um, that information and those great strategies and um, your YouTube fandom with all of us. And I hope you have a wonderful year. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the first series of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. It's our honor to elevate the voices of educators across the country and provide them with a national platform to amplify their message and advocate on behalf of their students and colleagues. 
Please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag NToy20. That's hashtag N-T-O-Y-2-0. Let's keep the conversation going.